0: All right, we're here with Evangelina from Homer's Truffles, which is a very interesting company. I've done some research on them, and they make some delicious chocolates, but I will let her kind of introduce herself and start telling you all about her wonderful creations.
1: Hi, thank you for having me. (laughs) Um, uh, Myself and my husband, David, we own Homer Truffle Company. A lot of people do mistake the name for Homer Truffles, and a lot of times they can't find us (laughs) because they add the s to the truffle um but yeah we're located in homer uh we're a small batch confectionery that specializes in chocolate so um we make pretty much all of our confections with chocolate they have some type of chocolate ingredient is there what what got you
0: started in in this line of work
1: i myself i uh had had no culinary experience um prior to 2016 other than you know cooking at home and (laughs) and uh making my own meals but my husband's mother barbara briggs she actually owned tundra chocolates back in the 80s and 90s up in wasilla in anchorage um she was very successful and she did a very good job establishing her chocolate business here and uh, when I separated from the military back in 2016, David and I had you know, tossed around a couple of things that we might do. Just uh, we wanted to make Homer, Alaska our home and we were tossing around ideas. I have a very colorful resume. <laughs> My job previous to this was a military cop. And so uh, her, his mom, Barbara, you know, she, in conversation, she said, why don't you guys try bringing back the candy shop? And I was like, no, (laughs) (laughs) I said, no way. (laughs) Um, little did I know that it would become a passion because, uh, I'm one of those people that's a forever student. Like I will never stop going to school and I will never stop learning. And so I've done a lot of things and, um, because I'm so technical and very particular and detail-oriented, I decided to go to culinary school. And so I am part of Escafier, uh the online academy. They're the only uh, certified, um, accredited, online culinary school in the States. And so I joined their culinary school and I loved it. And I, we have to do like 150 hours of internship at the end of our program and I worked in a commercial kitchen <laughs> and, and I realized very quickly that, that was not for me <laughs> and so uh, I decided to begin the baking and pastry because all the skills and techniques that I learned in the culinary side they absolutely helped our business and so um, there's skills that you can transition back and forth and so when I started the bacon and pastry, I fell in love. And in the meantime, the whole time, I've been a part of academies, like chocolate academies that are online. So they have certified chocolatiers that teach you through, through um, webinars and what uh, things of that nature. And so I've been slowly learning. And the only way to get good at anything is to do it yourself. <laughs> so, so do it, fail. Try it again, do it, fail, try it again. I mean, you just gotta keep going and going. And so that's what we do all day, every day. That's what David and I do. (laughs) We try and try and try. And I think the thing that attracted me most about chocolate and why we decided to, instead of venturing out into all sorts of candy, at the moment we're sticking to chocolate is because it's so challenging (laughs) to work with. (laughs) And it's incredibly challenging. Especially if you don't have the right climate, you don't have the right humidity. Um, when you're tempering, it can be extremely finicky. And David and I have two toddlers, and so <laughs> it's kind of the equivalent, right? So we have <laughs> we have uh, a very finicky we have very finicky children, and we have very finicky product that we <laughs> work with. And so it's a great, it's a great tool for personal growth and it keeps us challenged. And I think that's, that's huge on my radar is I don't want to do something for the rest of my life where I feel like I'm complacent and kind of stuck. And so with chocolate, it's, constant like you you think you've got it down and then it comes and punches you in the face (laughs) you know like
0: no i think Um, a lot of people in any kitchen industry can really a lot of that is (laughs) the second we think we we've mastered one technique we go to show it off and a hundred things go wrong that you've never experienced and
1: oh yeah Really, Me, the yeah. challenge,
0: of it, I think, is what draws a lot of people in this industry. And I've dabbled with chocolate, and I'm not afraid to admit I got my ass kicked. Oh I mean, yeah, it came out <laughs> as just a block of nothingness. Yes. Unless it's a chocolate sauce, I can do that. But when it comes <laughs> <to> actually <laughs> working with chocolates, that's a whole other category. Now you did oh, mention yeah. uh, the te- the climate and. The temperature and stuff like that. Being up here in Alaska, where right now I know up in my part, Wasilla, we're going through a pretty warm streak. And yeah. how does the temper the climate up here really affect your work with the drastically changing temperatures?
1: That that's the that's the, the that's the hard part. So David and I have a temperature controlled kitchen. Um we had a DUC kitchen. Uh, basically, um, outfitted with an AC unit. I think we're the only the only <laughs> ones that have, the only ones that have an AC unit here. Um, yeah, Alaskans don't know about AC units.
0: No. <laughs>
1: um, anyhow, we have an AC unit, but at the same time, we have a heater in there, so we have a full HVAC system, including a massive dehumidifier so so we are up to up to our heads in um machinery that control our temperatures and we're constantly I guess that's one of the things that we have to be constantly aware of and so we're constantly checking the temperatures we have uh thermometers all over like we we we, we're just looking here looking there and making sure everything is is uh on the right levels. Also, when you're doing or or, um, performing different techniques of like molding versus enrobing, you have to have it at different temperatures because you set the chocolate at different temperatures when they're enrobed versus molded. And so, we actually didn't want to go into molding. We wanted it to be very organic. The, the, our chocolate, we wanted it to be very organic, but we um, had a request to do some chocolate bars, and so we tried it, and they've become one of our more popular items. <laughs> so we actually got some custom chocolate bars made for us with our logo inside of them, which was awesome. <laughs> um, and we started the whole molding uh, process which requires different temperatures, different humidity levels. Like, it's just, it's a constant battle. It really is. Um, And so the first year we were doing it, we didn't have all these machines in the factory. And, (laughs) oh God, we had a heat wave hit us. And it was a disaster because we had to travel up to Soldatna for some car maintenance. I mean, it was something so, so minuscule. We were gone for a couple of hours. We come back and some of our products were dead. It was just, just, well, lesson learned. Here we go. (laughs) What do we do to fix this? So yeah, I mean, we, we, and you know, the contractors, when they were putting in the kitchen, it was hilarious because they, they were saying, oh, you're never gonna need, you know, any temperature regulation here. It's always gonna be awesome. And we are like, yes. <laughs> yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so yes, it's one of the most challenging parts of the chocolate. Um, it's controlling the temperature, especially when we, I mean, it's, it's about planning. Chocolate is all about planning. And so, and then sometimes, you know, you can plan as best you want, but it's not gonna <laughs> work for
0: you. <laughs> For some reason, <laughs> since you're military, you you've heard the saying a thousand times. Because I'm also ex-military, the best battle plan goes to hell the first bullet that's fired. And oh yeah, I feel like that oh, translates yeah. to anything in the kitchen very well oh, my too. God. Yes, <laughs> it all goes oh, yeah. great until that first ticket comes in or that first batch goes out. <laughs> yes,
1: yes, and you know that that was uh when we were when we we're going back and forth right now. That was that is also one of the things that absolutely draws me to the culinary world is, to me, I, I kind of associate the culinary world to real life. So you you create these things, right? And there's a lot of people out there with such wonderful gifts to to create and, and um, bring out these flavors and food. And then you hand it to two different people, and they both have different reactions, like completely. So you have one that's like, oh, this is amazing. And this other one's like, oh my God, I can taste this particular thing and I hate it, you know? (laughs) And I love that. I, I I absolutely love it. And so it's like, okay, so you tell me what about it is it that, you know, blossoms in your mouth? What is it that, that draws you to it? And you, what is it lacking? Like, you know what I'm saying? And then that's what, I guess we're kind of like scientists, right?
0: Yes, the the dream <laughs> yeah, and nightmare could, that every chef uh,
1: yes. has
0: every night when we create a new dish is.
1: Yes. The initial reaction. And oh my God. <laughs> Are you going to? Oh my God. So if five people like it versus three people don't like it, we're okay. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Can't please everybody or, or every time. Yeah. At least that's yeah, what they
1: definitely. tell us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, that's, a, it's, a, it's an amazing amazing field to be in it's you know a lot now, of people do, have different do you guys
0: bring in uh the raw chocolate and process it all the way down or how, how do are, you guys start a batch
1: we are not a bean to bar um definitely and you know i think uh and just to i'm, I'm going to slightly go off on tangent but not so much um <laughs> to to touch on that a little bit is when we started the company, David and I, we we talk about everything. I think, I guess that's why we are such good working partners because <laughs> we make sure and hash everything out. And so um, when we started the company, I, I sat down with him, you know, because I'm a planner. And so I'm like, we need to decide now what kind of company we're going to be. You know, um, there is a lot of waves in the culinary world, just like in life. You know, there's a lot of waves like... Uh, things that, that people are attracted to at the time and then they dissipate and then they come back and what and whatnot, right? I said, but when we decide what we're going to do, we're going to have to stick to it no matter what, you know? And so we decided that we were going to make products from manufactured chocolate. And so we are not a bean-to-bar. Um, it would have taken us a lot more capital to start the business. That was a big reason um, if we wanted to be a bean-to-bar. We would have had to invest a lot more money and into the machinery that it takes. Uh, And we did, we were thinking kind of like medium scale. If I had to say anything, I wanted to do small batch, but I wanted to get to, uh, I wanted to build the wholesale part of our business first. And so to, to be able to do that, you have to produce a little bit more than normal. Um, we do say we are small batch because there's no real definition about what small batch is, and so so to me, if I'm not Hershey's, I'm small batch. <laughs> you know, <laughs>
0: like, I, I feel you 100 on that.
1: <laughs> you know, if I'm not Starbucks, I'm small batch. <laughs>
0: exactly. <laughs> you know um, what I'm
1: saying, and so so um, we did purchase big big kitchen items, and so it was a huge investment, and these were just to manufacture confections from already processed chocolate. That being said, um, we did our homework, and you know, chocolate has a really dark history. It's an ancient art. It's it's super ancient, over 3,000 years old, you know, and so it has time, it has had time to develop, and in very ugly ways, and so <laughs> um the the acquiring of chocolate is not 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 the prettiest and so we had a really you know internal struggle about okay so if we're not going to be bean to bar how how do we go about doing this to where we feel okay with it and so we did our homework on the companies that we work with and uh, we decided to go with Guitard um Guitard is a 150 year old company and they started in the united states they're originated in the california area area and so they have done the most out of all of the big name chocolate processors um to rectify you know the the dark history of chocolate and The wonderful thing about them is that they have a complete transparency policy to their company so if you ever have a question about the origin of your chocolate you can call them up and say hey i want to know where this came from and they are more than willing to tell you and they have consolidated a lot of their farms in in africa that where they source some of their chocolate they've moved a lot of their companies over to latin america um in south mexico you know they have you can you can source you can follow the source of the chocolate and so we decided to go with guitar um, and we had been using them exclusively until ruby chocolate came out <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, but yeah that's that's why we decided not to be a bean to bar um, it's very expensive living in alaska extremely
0: yes (laughs)
1: extremely expensive just to live here uh pay your bills and um some of us pay exponential (laughs) amounts (laughs) in electricity especially and you know what's crazy is we have in our personal in our home in our personal spaces we have a mixture of electricity and gas and it's still through the roof. I mean, we're excited when we get the bill and it's four hundred dollars. Yes. <laughs> you
0: know what I'm saying? I know. We, me, and we my wife, a party. <laughs> me and my wife, we came up to Alaska originally from uh, West Texas, where electricity is dirt cheap. And we decided oh, yeah. let's go to the most remote area, Sitka, Alaska. <laughs> oh, and my God. we got our first power bill. And oh about yeah. Three days of therapy and crying.
1: <laughs> yes yes definitely i'm actually from san antonio
0: okay we're in uh san angelo
1: oh hey <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh david my husband he's from wasilla uh from alaska but i am i originate from san antonio texas so yeah
0: now, that, that's my texas home san antonio is yeah. my texas home that's where my heart yeah. is for texas
1: <laughs> oh it's wonderful
0: now being up here um besides obviously the added capital costs such as electricity water all that good stuff what other challenges do you face being here in alaska such a remote area compared to somebody in the lower 48s
1: two things our shipping costs to import and export out of alaska and i use the words import and export because they treat us like we're international (laughs) (laughs) um uh and the second thing is the misconceptions that People have, and I understand them because I'm not originally from here. Um, but the misconception that you know you order chocolate and it takes it four, five, a week, days to get there, and they're upset about <laughs> about that. And you know, you it's, it's it's just an opportunity to to learn, right? It's an opportunity to explain. It's it's hey things are different here. I mean, okay, so in Alaska there's one road that goes from the border of Canada down all the way to where Homer is. Homer is called the End of the Road, um Highway 1, you know? Yep. <laughs> um, and so the the big delivery companies if you're on that main road if you're delivering anything from that main road to Homer or from Homer back to that main road, you're golden. If they say two-day delivery, it's two-day delivery. But if you deviate from that road anywhere, like even 10 miles from the road, they give it to a third party. And that third party can take however long they want. And so (laughs) it's dangerous because we have a product that is perishable and it has to stay within the confines of specific temperatures in order to look and taste. That's the biggest part, taste how we produce it. And so if and when those temperatures drop, if and when the temperature rises and it's sitting in a, a warehouse for two or three days and these warehouses are not heated or cooled, then the chocolate's being shocked that's huge, you know? <laughs> and so for, for us in Alaska, it's extremely difficult. So our shipping costs are a lot higher and people don't realize that. Not only that, but sometimes people refuse to ship to us. Like they, they will not ship to Alaska. So what we have to do is freight forward. Essentially, we're paying two times the shipping costs. So we pay to ship it to uh, Tacoma, Washington. And then from Tacoma, it gets barged up to Alaska to a local company. And then we have to pay the local company for barging it up here um, and allowing us to receive it. So we do pay a lot in shipping. and <laughs> Chocolate itself is not cheap. Um, the reason why bigger companies like, like Hershey's and, and uh, Nestle and Mars, all of them, why they're able to charge so little for chocolate is because they produce a lot of it. So <laughs> the cost of receiving the chocolate is, is kind of, um, what do you call it? They, they, they get it back with their, their sales even at really, really cheap prices. But for people who do small batch, the cost of chocolate is expensive. I mean, chocolate only grows within 20 degrees north and south of the equator, first of all. The cacao trees are extremely hard to harvest. And all of it is just, it's, it's, a, it's a really intense process. And so not only is our product something that's really expensive, to get it, it's expensive. To ship it out it's expensive and so we we decided that we were we were going to price our products right in the middle so not at the very low end because we would be losing out i mean we'd be in the red for the rest of our lives and not at the high price um because we wanted to make it affordable for people we wanted to be something that's accessible um because we spend so much time making it well and so our like I'll I'll give you an example there's there's uh companies in the area that'll make a uh like a four ounce chocolate bar and they'll charge anywhere from ten dollars to twelve dollars um yeah we make a quarter pound chocolate bar and we only charge if it's not filled we only charge six dollars and if it is filled with some type of yummy filling. It's, we charge $8. And so we're very much in the middle, but people are still, you know, some people are like, your chocolate is too expensive. And I'm like, well, just try it. (laughs) It'll be worth it. I promise. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So, um, you've got all those things to deal with, but for us, honestly, is the shipping and the misconceptions. Those are the, the, the two biggest things that we struggle with having a business here in Alaska and we're not the only ones. I mean, chocolate is difficult to work with, but everybody in the culinary world here struggles with that because they set their prices based off of the market and people don't like it.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when, no, um,
1: oh my God. Yeah. When I was working at the, the commercial kitchen, you know, I was, I was privy to um, the purveyors they had. I was privy to, you know, um, the incoming, uh, foods and they were trying to be part farm to table and that, oh my God, having a farm here in Alaska is super difficult. And so of course the prices of the crops are going to be exponentially higher. And so we're not like the, the areas where, you know, certain vegetables and fruits are abundant. You know, they struggle, the farmers struggle to create them. And then when they actually sell them, they have to charge higher you know what I'm saying, and so when they're bringing it to restaurants, guess what? They're gonna be higher in price, and so what is what does the chef do? He
0: has to charge more for the, the same they dish. Has to
1: charge more, exactly. And so you're getting you're getting. Okay, so it's just fish and chips, guess but you know what I'm saying? Like you know, the potatoes are coming from so and so, and the prices, you know, you know what I'm saying? So oh, yeah. Just, oh yeah.
0: It's, oh especially, yeah. Especially, I mean. For us up here that try to support the local economy over ordering everything from the lower 48s, it's definitely a challenge because we understand that not everybody has $100 to drop on a dinner or
1: right.
0: $15 to drop on a chocolate bar. I mean, for right, it the sad thing is it almost sounds normal for us up here, but I I <laughs> the, the truth of the matter is, especially. Like tourists coming up, that's the number one thing I hear is the sticker shock.
1: And yes,
0: we're not connected to forty-eight other states where we can bring everything in.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> and, and, and you know the funny part is too is like, I sometimes you know not all the time, um, but sometimes I'm like, do you want to see my uh, utility bills? Like, <laughs> like that you're just you're just covering like this much cost of <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I think I. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The misconception. And so, so it's always, it's not a, for me, it's not a point of contention. It's more an opportunity to, to help them understand. So it's like, I love this place. I moved here because I wanted to raise my children. And so I am going to do everything in my power to be able to do that. And my, my bills are high, (laughs) you know? And so but at the same time, you know my husband David and I we want it to be fair because why are we gonna have something that other people are not gonna be able to enjoy you know what I'm saying I, 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 I think well. that's the
0: the constant struggle for a lot of people here is to find that balance point oh yeah to be able to share yeah. it with as many people as you can because that's why that's one of the main reasons we get into this business is oh yeah to share our talents and our taste with people and trying to balance it out where we can do it for a living but yet share it with everyone
1: yes yes. so now people coming
0: around the area where where's the best way for them to find your chocolates we've been talking about all this yummy chocolate we need to let them know where they can go and find some of it
1: so the easiest place um to actually figure out where it is because right now we have a lot of wholesale accounts is going on our webpage. We have a wonderful webpage. And, you know, I, I love, so I, not that I love it, but I, I really like social media and what it does for, for businesses. But we're very dependent on our webpage. We're like old school businesses. <laughs> like we have an awesome webpage. Um, but if you go to our webpage, uh, homertruffle.co, don't forget there's no S in there. <laughs> it's homertruffle.co. C-O, um, it was a play on our name, you know, like Homer Truffle Company. Uh, if you go there and there's a link for, there's a page that we have on there that says locations. You can find every single business that carries our products. And they're not only in Homer. We have some in uh, Kiski We have some in um, Anchorage, um, all over Alaska. And so we do ship anywhere in the United States for a flat rate Um, and so again in in all of Alaska you can find all the locations we are um, on that page on our on our website Uh, but if you're in Homer we we wholesale with a lot of local businesses. Um, So Ulmer's hardware store, there's a local pharmacy that carries our chocolate, um, Land's End Resort, which is very familiar to tourists. (laughs) Um, They carry our chocolate. be a a local florist. She'll, she'll wholesale chocolate from us, um, and put them in the gifts for, for her, her clients. Like there's a lot of ways. Bear Creek Winery. Oh my gosh. Bear Creek Winery, um, was our very first supporter. (laughs) They actually, uh, found us. I don't know how, but, um, they found us, and they were the first ones to put our products on our on their shelves, and they have been, I mean, they're a godsend, you know, and so um, Bear Creek Winery, uh, we have Alaska Berries in Atna. they carry our products, um, they're the only Alaska-grown company in Alaska, and for those of you that don't know that, don't know what that is, is a company that uh, basically farms and grows all of their products. And then basically like a farm to table, but for wine. So they grow all their berries. They grow all of their fruit and they produce a wine out of it and sell it to the public. It's it's fantastic. Very, very awesome couple. But a lot of businesses around Homer Carrier Chocolates, um, we're also starting to create specially uh, specialized truffle flavors various restaurants in the area. So AJ's Steakhouse, they're they're a very old establishment in Homer. They carry um, exclusive truffles that only they sell. uh, And then several stores in the area too, like Salt and Pine carries our lavender truffles. And we created uh, a special bar for them that has completely taken off. And I, you know, (laughs) it's like, wow. Uh, They wanted a a lavender bar, and so David and I, you know, chemists back here, (laughs) I am not uh, very fond of lavender in my food. Um, It is a very European flavor.
0: Yes, but I will agree 100% with you on that.
1: (laughs) Yes, it is a very, but we that's again, that's what I love about the culinary world is that you can push your boundaries and sometimes create things that surprise you. you know? <laughs> so we created this lavender bar and it is just out of this world. So <laughs> I like it. <laughs> like it's 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 kind of shocking, but it's they we uh, curated, not create, cur- created it for them and it's taken off. Like people love it. And so, um, we have we have several products like that that we created because somebody said, "Hey, I want this," you know, and so it's like, "Okay, let's do this." <laughs> yeah, the 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 permission to be creative is always a welcome welcome request. <laughs> it's like my my mom brain <laughs> it shuts off sometimes. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I
0: know. I know you guys just did the um, Day of the Dead event. <laughs> that looked that looked amazing by the way. And it
1: was it
0: was awesome. Go ahead. Well, do you have any other uh events coming up in the near future you'd like to let us know about?
1: Um well let me tell you about this. <laughs> um so David and I have two young boys. Uh one of them's 4 and the other one is 2. And we are I mean we moved up here to raise our kids and so we, we dedicated the first couple of years of their life to them. You know what I'm saying? And so we don't have babysitters. We didn't, we didn't have babysitters. (laughs) And so we started this business and we were taking care of our kids ourselves. So we were basically tag teaming and we do everything from our web design to marketing to, you know, I mean, the only person that we pulled in at the beginning was a local artist, Dan Coe. We have, um, a novelty item called mooseberries. <laughs> they look like, like moose poo, but they're uh, chocolate chews and different flavors. And so each, each flavor of chocolate chew has a moose character and <laughs> he, d- he's developing the characters for us. So he, he draws out the, the characters and we had them decked out for day of the dead this time around. So it was really cool. Anyhow, um, since we we were tag teaming we didn't have a, an opportunity to really get out into the homer community and my heritage is mexican and so i'm first generation here in the states and i appreciate what culture means to to myself and my family and so whenever i go into cuz you know we're military so we move yeah. around a lot and I think on that level, um, it makes us different from civilians or people that have never been in the military because you're forced to become a part of a community very quickly. And you don't have time to to, uh, either be shy or you know what I'm saying? If, If you're gonna build a support system in your area, you have to do it quickly. And so I appreciate that about the military because it's given me a different perspective about how to connect with other people and so not only that but my heritage the military and my heritage is everything is family oriented and very out there and you're constantly helping other people you're constantly putting yourself out there and so i'm sorry can you hear that no you're fine (laughs) (laughs) my my child (laughs) we hadn't had an opportunity to because we opened a business and my kids were our priorities. And so also we bought a, a fixer upper home, which isn't a good idea in Alaska.
0: <laughs> we have two so, two seasons up here, winter and construction. Oh, oh
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. My boys sleep to construction noise. Yeah. It's not good. Anyway, <laughs> So, you know, we're trying to build, literally build our home. We're trying to uh, focus on our children. We are building a business. And so we really didn't have an opportunity to showcase the business with our personality in it and so now that our boys are at that age where I'm more comfortable leaving them with a babysitter um, we started doing that and I told David you know this holiday day of the dead that's that's it's very important to me because it's a celebration of life Uh, the dichotomy that life has you know you can't have life without death and so so I've experienced a lot of loss in my life. Um, I usually keep that very private. And so it's not something that I tell people about constantly. And so um, it's a huge, huge, important holiday for me. And I thought this is the perfect opportunity to show people what we're about, our company, who we are. It tells about our personality. It shares cultures because I don't believe in not sharing your culture. I believe the only way for other people to be okay with it is if you share it like, come join me. I want to show you what I do. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. And, and so it was important for us to do this. Um, and so, you know, we approached the Mexican restaurant here because I had, uh, I had, had conversations with the owners, Carmen and Jose and, uh, you know, he, is actually from the same area where my mom was born and raised. And so, we have a lot of commonalities. And so I threw the idea at them. They were like, yes. And I was like, yes. (laughs) I just, and you know, I've had several people ask me, well, what are you getting out of this? And I'm like, well, I'm not here to make a profit. I'm here to share a piece of me with you. And I want you to know that that's how I live my life. I just haven't had an opportunity to, because I was focused on my children and building the business and building my home, you know? And so now I am, I have a little bit more freedom. And so, not freedom, I, I'm sorry for to use that word. I have a little bit more time. <laughs> I have a little bit more time. Um,
0: no need to, to, to get bogged down in the semantics. Yeah,
1: I know, I'm sorry. Just <laughs> just share. To share a piece of of who I am because it's, it's a part of me. Like I, since I was a kid, it was always about serving other people. My parents were extremely religious in, in, in their, their beliefs, you know, you were a servant to give to other people. And so I've grown up with that all my life. (laughs) So it's like, I hadn't had an opportunity to give back. Um, and the, the day of the dead celebration is all about that. It's about come join me. I know how you feel and I'm in the same boat. So I'm going to feed you some good food and I'm going to make you feel happy. Do you know what I'm saying? And yeah. So, so um, we loved it. Uh, it was awesome. I can't wait to share because we got a photographer to take pictures. I can't wait to share them. We're just waiting for them to give, it, give us back to them. But we're not going to push them because, you know, photography is a whole different beast. Um, <laughs> but that being said, that is why we did such a big event. Um, for Day of the Dead and why we haven't done any other big events, um, we're hoping that this becomes uh, an annual thing. Um, I know Jose and Carmen; they're on board, so all we have to do is plan it, right? And so um, we also Homer is a really rich cultural community; like they do a lot of stuff and. We don't really want to overshadow any of that stuff. And so we want to stick to Day of the Dead because it's not Halloween, but it's still a, a holiday that we can share chocolate with people. We gave away a lot of chocolate last <laughs> night. <laughs> and so um, it's still one of those things, but we're not overshadowing other other celebrations or, you know what I'm saying? Cause, yeah. You know, they, candy is sold every holiday like it it is it is sometimes
0: three holidays ahead of time
1: yeah exactly you know what i'm saying like i know companies that are already marketing their christmas stuff or they started marketing the christmas stuff before halloween started you know what i'm saying but we again for me being a part of the community is being aware of what's going on around you too so as a business, you do want to be successful, but at the same time, you don't want to kind of bulldoze over everything else. You know, like it, it doesn't exactly make kind sense. of
0: respecting the traditions yeah, of the town.
1: definitely. Oh yeah, definitely.
0: So see, that's so one like, thing that brought us up here to Alaska. Well, made us stay up here after uh, Sitka was just the sense of community. Yeah, in Alaska, because you have so many different. You have the the natives and their traditions. Yes. You yes. have. Everybody coming from all areas yes. with their traditions. And that's why when I seen that Day of the Dead event, but that I think that's an amazing thing to bring up and show, as you said, your side of your tradition with the community.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah. And and that, that was uh, one of the questions that was asked last night was, well, how do you make people comfortable with something that's not part of their culture? And I said, all I ask is that you come. You know, like, that's all I ask. Like, it's, again, I I don't think that sharing culture is a point of contention. It should always be, I'm going to share this with you so that you can enjoy it just the way I do. And so it has nothing to do with religion. It has nothing to do with, oh, you're Mexican, so only Mexicans can celebrate this. Not at all. That's, and, and to me, I think also because I grew up as a Mexican American in a country where we have hundreds of different of cult- different cultures, it's like I'm never going to understand and appreciate somebody else if I don't allow myself to participate in what they do, even if I'm uncomfortable with it at first. As soon as I get to know why they do it, how they do it, the the things that come with it, and it's always food, <laughs> uh, which is the best part, <laughs> you know. Um, when when I get to enjoy those those tokens, it opens up my world. You know, like I'm not living in a bubble. And so the other thing about it is that the the only way that culture and language and um, these these symbols were ever passed down was by sharing the elders had to tell their kids, the kids told their kids, their kids told their kids, they they showed them, you know, like they were there showing. them. And so I think we've been disconnected a lot as, as connected as we are through, through, um, the worldwide web, we are so disconnected with each other's cultures just because it's not mine. Well, no, but it can be, you know, <laughs> like,
0: exactly. I want
1: you, I want you to be a part of, of, what I experience and the things that bring me joy because I want to know what brings you joy. And so to me, you know, food, food is the great equalizer. I, I, I honestly believe that is food is the great, if you can make a warm meal for someone to enjoy,
0: you it, know, Everything yeah. else from there can be worked out.
1: <laughs> yeah. I don't understand what you're saying, but I like your food. <laughs>
0: exactly.
1: That's you know what I'm saying. Like, oh yeah. I love it.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us. We'll yeah. make sure to get uh all your social media links and your website in the show notes. And it was very fascinating to learn and hopefully when we get the chance after this winter season, we plan on coming down that way. Hopefully we can meet up and kind of do a follow-up episode to see where you're at in about a year or so.
1: Yeah. My home is always open for you guys. (laughs) Oh, and don't forget it's Homer truffle company, no S (laughs) Homertruffle.co. No S. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Have a catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row.